Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Scoop Podcast. This is a 2022 National Signing Day Preview Podcast brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka. Welcome in to the Scoop Podcast brought to you by Inside Carolina, Johnny T-Shirt, and Blue Shark Vodka. A very special show today. We have the 2022 National Signing Day Preview Podcast, and I'm your host, Ross Martin. As always, I'm joined by Don Callahan. What's going on, Don? Busy times, busy times. Just don't uh, know what to do with myself. Can't wait until Thursday to when I can relax a little. There you go. Okay, so we're recording this on Sunday night, and this is a preview podcast, National Sign Day. Um, the early signing period begins on Wednesday morning, so we're, we're recording this now, so keep that in mind as we talk about certain prospects. There is, is kind of one outstanding, outstanding recruitment, and we'll get into that at the top of the show. Here's how the preview podcast show is going to go. We're going to talk some general things about this class, get Don's take on a bunch of things, just some general breakdowns of UNC's 2022 class. We're then going to get into superlatives. Uh, we have a list of about you know nine or ten different superlatives I've picked for Don to answer about the 2022 class. We're then going to have a very special interview with 2022 four-star running back and UNC commitment future signee George Petaway. So that's coming right in the middle of the show, and we're going to close with a top five listeners submitted top five of the top five. Uh, signees commitments from UNC's 2022 class that you're most excited about. And with that, we'll come to some discussion from Don and I kind of breaking down different players and definitely reading what um, our valued listeners uh, have sent to us. Don, your thoughts. I am excited. We've been talking about this for a while, so uh, I'm ready to roll. Let's get a couple things out of the way. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on Inside Carolina. Uh, we'll shout out our sponsors more, but Johnny T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka, the sign behind me as well. And also, guys, we would definitely want to um, mention that on Wednesday, uh, myself, Ross Martin, Don Callahan, and our former uh, Inside Carolina intern turned kind of live show producer, John Bowman, are doing a live stream, the second annual Inside Carolina National Signing Day live stream, live from the Man Tower. That's going to begin at 6.45 a.m., on Inside Carolina's YouTube channel. So subscribe to Inside Carolina's YouTube channel where we're breaking down National Sign Day um, for like three, four hours uh, that morning starting at 6.45. We'll probably mention that and talk a little about it again uh, later in the show. Anything to add, Don? It actually might be a little longer than that because if we're going to go, we're going to go as long as we have to go, but we could, I guess, go over 11 o'clock. That's about, roughly about the time we end it. But I, I'm excited for that. I had a lot of fun with it last time. Um, so are, what, what do you think about uh, spending some more time in the man's hour? 
Uh, yeah, uh, we're all vaccinated, all good to go. Uh, you know, it's always <laughs> yeah. a joy being in the, in the man tower and to just break down and, and put a bow on this class, even though you never know what happens in January and February. Uh, this is summer signing day is the, the, the main date. And so it's fun to kind of wrap it up. And it's kind of a celebration for those in our business. I know, especially for you, Don, and I used to cover recruiting. It's, it's a big moment. So it's a fun day. Um, so make sure you tune in to uh, those who listen to this podcast, enjoy this podcast. We'll certainly like to check in on the, um, on the live stream. It's going to go for many, many hours. Maybe have it on the background at work. Okay. Let's get right into it. No more dilly dallying. Uh, let's pull up the 2022 class. If you're, if you're listening at home, pull up the class. We're going to kind of go through it here. Don, when you look at this class, you know, Mac Brown has called it uh, UNC's best, going to be UNC's best signing class ever in the history of, of UNC football. Uh, when you look at this class top to bottom, what are your general takeaways? I mean, it's a very good class. It is, you know, according to 247 Sports, their rankings, it's, it still doesn't, it's still not better than the 2009 class that Bush Davis signed, but it's definitely the best class that uh, Mac Brown has signed. And the irony of all of this is, and, and we'll, we'll talk about this a bunch on signing day and, and even in my weekly scoop heading into it, is that this class was not built on in-state prospects, which is what Mac Brown has been, been basically pitching for a long time. He really couldn't just because it was such a down year in-state. He had to go elsewhere. And so he basically annexed the state of Virginia, made that basically in-state, and pulled in most of the top recruits from that state. Really, anybody that North Carolina wanted in the state of Virginia, it got. And that has landed North Carolina with a really highly ranked class. We won't know for certain until a lot of these other recruits that UNC is not involved with make decisions because that obviously affects where the the class will will, um, finish. But, But this should definitely be a top 15 class and will be ranked higher than Mac Brown's prior two or prior three. For sure. I, okay. I always kind of exclude the 2019 class just because it was, you know, his first class where he didn't get a full cycle with. Yes. And then looking at the in-state commitments, just pull up some numbers here. UNC, as my computer loads, has one, two, three, four players in the top 10 of UNO, of North Carolina state rankings. So Travis Shaw, Amaron Hampton, uh, Malachi Hamrick, who just won a state championship and Bo Atkinson, who's number seven. So they have four of the top 10. And I'm wondering if that's it. Is that it, Don? Yeah. Pull it here so, for and then that just kind of speaks to just the in-state class just wasn't very good. And still, so it wasn't a situation where Mac Brown didn't get anyone from in-state. He got the best players from in-state. Mm-hmm. And, and then just really the only guy he missed on in-state was Jalen Walker, who committed to Georgia. And everyone else, he basically got. But there just wasn't the talent there in state, and he had to go elsewhere, so he went north. There you go, to Virginia, and particularly the Tidewater area. I remember those two early commitments, Tyshawn Chapman and uh, Taylor Holloway. I mean, they committed around Christmas time. Um, one committed on Christmas Day. One committed a couple of days before Christmas. So they've been committed for almost over a year now. Um, so, yeah, definitely a Virginia flavor in this class all right when you look at um this class position wise did unc fulfill all the needs they set out to fulfill yes with the exception of defensive back and that actually we, we didn't we wanted to give a little bit of a disclaimer that we were going to proceed with this podcast without really talking a whole lot of will hardy and it's not because 
you know, we don't want to talk about Will Hardy. It's just because we don't know for certain what he will do on signing day. And we wanted this podcast to be a preview for signing day and to be more of a celebration of what's going to happen on Wednesday. Do you want me to get into Will Hardy real quick so we can get yeah, out of the way? Let's talk about him now. Um, so Will Hardy took an official visit this weekend. And as of recording this at 6.15 p.m. on Wednesday night, um, Don, take, take to, to, the, thing, the thing to make clear is by the time you're listening to this, maybe if you're listening on, on a Monday night or maybe Tuesday, something may have changed. Don? Yes. Yeah. And we didn't want that to affect your, your listening to this. But um, we wanted this to be as evergreen as possible, which is impossible to do with recruiting. But anyway, so, yes, took a special visit. I spoke to him. What was it? I guess two hours ago, three hours ago, mm-hmm. basically enjoyed the official visit, gave him a lot to think about, didn't want to make a knee jerk reaction or didn't want to have a knee jerk decision, wanted to allow the the high of the official visit to kind of wear off somewhat. Also wanted to give Tony Elliott an opportunity, who's the, the new head coach at Virginia, an opportunity to um, to give his pitch. And then uh, Will Hardy will make his decision on where he will sign or if he will sign on Wednesday. He intends on signing on Wednesday, but says it's not 100%. But if he does, it will be North Carolina or Virginia. Just like some backstory. He's been committed to UVA since April. North Carolina offered in August. They pushed and pushed and pushed. They were able to get him on campus for a game visit during the season. He then made another visit to UVA and then basically closed the door, kept it open just a crap, but basically closed the door, did not have any intentions of taking an official visit to UNC. But then um, Bronco Mendenhall shocked everyone and resigned abruptly. And that, of course, led Will Hardy to give North Carolina a, a clean look with the official visit. And, and here we are. Almost like once Bronco Mendenhall uh, stepped down, UNC had the advantage. Uh, yeah. because of the relationship they had built. So yeah. there's a premium article up on Inside Carolina. So if you're listening to this, let's say on Monday morning, Monday afternoon, check out that article. Uh, yeah. According to Don, he'll make a decision on Wednesday. So we may have some, some small fireworks coming on the live show uh, for UNC football recruiting. Will Hardy, a um, three-star safety, safety out of uh, Georgia. Don, his game, we haven't talked about him too much because once he kind of shut things down and it was all in a Virginia. We kind of forgot about, you know, kind of put him to the side. What can you tell us about Will Hardy? Yeah, I mean, he's a coach's son. His dad's a head coach there at at uh, Greater Atlanta Christian. He plays wide receiver, plays safety. North Carolina's recruiting him as a safety. He's a tall kid, 6'2". You know, he plays smart. He's rangy, that sort of thing. But going back to the original question, was the only position that North Carolina didn't meet its objective with is at defensive back. And even in some positions like linebacker and edge rusher, they end up taking one more than what they they intended to. But defensive back, they wanted to take four. If they they secure a commitment and signature from Will Hardy, they will hit three. The other two being Tayon uh, Holloway and Marcus Allen. Um, but that was the only position that kind of eluded them for this class. Otherwise, UNC not only hit on every objective but in many cases hit on their first targets at those objectives. Yeah. So they have two cornerbacks signed or committed to sign and Holloway and Allen, but Hardy is a, is a safety. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I think that kind of leads into the next thing to talk about it. What you really like about this class. And you mentioned it, 
they went after, I think, especially the top of the class. I mean, the guys they went after and they really pushed for and their number one target at that spot, they got. You can go down the line. Travis Shaw, defensive uh, lineman, their top target, they got him. Zach Rice, offensive tackle, they got him. Andre Green was by far their top target at wide receiver once um, Tayshawn Chapman committed. Andre Green was a longtime wide receiver target. He committed. George Petaway, Amaron Hampton, same thing. Their, their top two running back targets they got. Um, and, and it goes on and on. I mean, they're really high on Malachi Kamrick and Bo Atkinson and Bryson Jennings. Your thoughts on what you really like about this class and what you think UNC did really well? Yeah, I mean, just what you mentioned is the fact that they're, they, like, for example, top target defensive tackle, went all in on Travis Shaw, top 10 player in the nation, not in the state of North, well, definitely in the state of North Carolina, but in the nation and secured his commitment. You know, had to battle Clemson, had to battle Georgia. You know, Alabama, Ohio State wanted them also, but, but really wasn't looking at those schools. Same thing with Zach Rice. You know, he was the top target. He, they didn't necessarily go all in because they wanted to sign a bunch of offensive linemen, which is to be expected considering the position. Uh, but they definitely put a lot of um, effort, a lot of resources into recruiting Zach Rice. And there were times it didn't look all that promising and they stuck with it and were able to secure his commitment. You know, Andre Green, same thing. I mean, you're battling Clemson who typically wins those battles or has in the past has won those battles, especially for wide receivers. And North Carolina was able to outlast Clemson and even were able to, to fight through a last, you know, 11th hour official visit to Clemson, which is huge. So, so overall, I mean, just hitting on these top guys, and this is not just spin. I mean, you know, who else is better at defensive tackle than Travis Shaw in this, in this nation, than North Carolina is recruiting, you know, same thing with Zach Rice and, Andre Green. I mean, these are legitimate top guys that UNC targeted and were able to to land. Yeah, and just going through the class, I mean, some names you mentioned. Jalen Walker was a guy they missed on, a linebacker committed to Georgia. You know, so you look through the class and see which linebackers they end up getting. They definitely missed on some quarterback uh, targets early yeah. on, and, and, and ended up settling on Connor Hale, who they Connor Harrell, who they like out of Alabama, who's been a super productive high school prospect. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, it seems like they hit on a lot of their main targets and got plucked the best players out of North Carolina and then definitely plucked the best players out of the state of Virginia. The, the other thing I want to, before we move on, because I'm sure we want to get to the superlatives, um, is the fact that, yeah, we've talked a bunch about Travis Shaw, Zach Rice, Andre Green, George Petaway, for, for good reason. But there are guys later on this list, like Justin Kanyuk, who I'm still trying to figure out exactly how to spell it. <laughs> Let me say it. Uh, offensive lineman from Pennsylvania. Uh, I think UNC got a steal. He's a mid three-star guy, but um, has some good potential and could actually end up being a good center for North Carolina. That's what they're hoping that he turns out to. You know, uh, Deuce Caldwell, you know, he, he doesn't have the measurables. And Clemson loved this kid, but decided to go in a different direction, did not offer him. But I mean, you know, he was a guy that, that I think is it, just a player, you know, and just didn't have you know, the size and the speed that you typically want, but just makes plays. You know, you mentioned uh, Connor Harrell, you know, a, a kid who led the top team in, in the state of Alabama to back-to-back state championships, you know, it loaded team, but still he was the quarterback of that, of that team. Bryson Jennings, I feel like a super underrated. I mean, he's a you know high three-star guy, but I mean, to me, if he would have got out there and people would have seen him in person, I mean, he is, I mean, he looks like an NFL defensive end he really does and just moves so well so smart another coach's son you know 
Bo Atkinson, another kid, you know, and we talked about him a bunch of prior podcasts of just how he basically formed himself into a, um, an unbelievable edge rusher, you know, through work and taking advantage of, of COVID Marcus Allen. I mean, I know I'm just kind of, I'm just looking at these guys and I'm like, man, I, I need to really mention these guys because it's just, I mean, Marcus Allen, it could be a huge steal and, and he's not going to make any of my, you know, I, I get asked, I'm going to get asked for some of your, your superlatives, just, you know, who's a sleeper, who's the underrated guy, all that sort of stuff. And he's not a guy I'm going to mention just because there's other guys who are ranked lower and he's a, he's a four-star guy on 24 seven sports, but he might end up being just unbelievable player and turning out to be like a high draft pick for North Carolina, just because he has the experience. He has the coaching, he has the size, he's a legit six, two, and he's long. Um, so, I mean, you know, Malachi Hamrick, who I think is going to need to add some weight, but super explosive. I, just, I was just at a state championship game on Saturday. You mentioned it. I'm um, just unbelievably explosive. He played against a, a run first team, but still was able to get a sack. You know, um, Tyon Holloway, another guy who I feel like is, is underrated, even though he's a four-star guy, who, another guy who could potentially develop into a high draft pick just because of his, his tools. And he's a guy who just didn't want to mess with the whole recruiting process. And I think that benefited North Carolina with, as far as recruiting him because he basically shut it down, didn't want to deal with it, found his place. But I think other schools really, if they would have laid their eyes on him, got to see him in camp settings and that sort of thing, that he would have blown up. So it's just up and down. I mean, I, I know I'm not mentioning everybody. It's not that I'm, I don't feel that they're good players. It's just really up and down. This is a really good class. Yeah, I mean, we, we haven't talked about Chapman and Holloway that much because they committed so long ago. We mentioned this third time we mentioned on the podcast, but those guys are studs. And I think you just went through the whole kind of bottom half of UNC's 2022 class. There's a lot of guys that you like, a lot of winners and a lot of people that fill positions of need, maybe a little underlooked, under-recruited that they found that could be diamonds in the rough. Um, okay. Any concerns with this class? Any issues you think? Any things other than the not getting a uh, defensive back of safety? That was just one of the questions I had. I don't, uh, I don't think so. You mentioned the quarterback position and, and yes, they, they had to go to, you know, lower guys on their board, but the problem North Carolina faced is you had Sam Howell. And at that point, no one knew if he was going to come back. But in addition to that, you had Drake May and Jacoby Creswell, who had a lot of buzz, were highly mm -hmm. ranked guys. So it was really difficult to, to recruit quarterbacks who wanted to come in. And basically, I mean, you're, you're going to be behind the eight ball a little bit, you know, competing with those guys, even if Sam leaves. And actually, it'd probably be better if Sam, Sam stayed for a year for you to kind of, you know, get your footing a little bit. But yeah, so that made it difficult. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just hard to, hard to say. Maybe you want to get some more more um offensive linemen um yeah and, what question i had one sorry go ahead yeah because i mean we you have zach rice but then you have Trayvon green and justin kenyuk who aren't as highly ranked and a lot of question marks with those guys um from from a lot of different standpoints but so may you know an offensive line has been a problem from unc and really you can have the best offensive lineman in the in the nation but if the four other guys aren't very good, you're, you're not going to have a good offensive line. So you really need to get a lot of good offensive linemen. Yeah. And one thing I was going to mention and have a question about, they only have one defensive lineman committed and he's going to sign Travis Shaw. He's stud in the middle, but you have, I think three long kind of big bodied edge rushers and Bo Atkinson, Malachi Hamrick and Bryson Jennings. And those guys you think could bulk up and play on the defensive line. Or are they, are they those, outside linebacker edge guys yeah, those yeah i 
it would not surprise me, particularly with Bryson Jennings, it would not surprise me to see either him or it, it's harder to see with Malachi Hammer because he's like 205 now, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with with uh, Bryson Jennings or even Bo Atkinson for him, at, them adding weight, but definitely with Bryson Jennings adding weight and playing that four technique. But the reason why four technique wasn't a huge problem for well two reasons one you're recruiting guys like Bryson Jennings and Bo Atkinson who could potentially grow in the position but two you look back at the prior two classes and all the four techniques that UNC signed so it wasn't a huge need for this class gotcha good stuff there you know they like like recruiting a a faster person with the frame and then move put weight on them and move them up they do that a lot and uh at safety move them to linebacker um, so you see that a lot from the edge rusher to uh, one of the, the down defensive linemen. Okay, let's get uh, some live reads here for the podcast before we get into our 2022 signing class superlatives. We'll talk to you about Blue Shark Vodka. They've been a sponsor for this podcast and for the post-game live show all season. Blue Shark Vodka, we partnered with them. The smoothest vodka in the world, made from Carolina sweet corn, uh, made a, comp- a local company in Wrightsville, North Carolina, Wilmington, North Carolina, a local handcrafted vodka company. Always want to support local companies. So check out Blue Shark Vodka. Very approachable price, accessible price, and available in all 100 counties. So check out your local ABC store and get Blue Shark Vodka. Uh, great for some Christmas cocktails, some holiday cocktails, of course, for all your different summery drinks. Blue Shark Vodka and Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Guys, it's countdown time for Christmas. Use the Inside Carolina pro- promo code for all subscribers. Get 10% off your orders. JohnnyT-Shirt.com and on Franklin Street at Johnny T-Shirt. Uh, tons of sales, tons of deals. Get sweatshirts, gifts. I'm going to have to go by there and get some stuff for uh, my nieces and nephews. Easy way to uh, get your Christmas shopping done. Jersey sweatshirts, shirts, T-shirts, little trinkets and gifts. Easy stocking stuffers. So head to johnnytshirt.com. Great customer service. Again, a local company. It's been partnered with Inside Carolina for many, many years now. So johnnytshirt.com. If you're going to get UNC stuff, check them out online or on Franklin Street. And don't forget to use that promo code. All right, Don, superlatives. We'll do some national ads later in the show. Uh, superlatives, here we go. Drum roll, please. We're going to go through superlatives here. Look, quick quick uh, answer, a couple lines of analysis and conversation, and we'll move to the next one. Okay, Don? All right. All right, All right. Don, Don has his class picked up, his uh, class pulled up here. All right. The, who do you think out of this class, UNC's 2022 class, is going to be the highest NFL draft pick? That one is actually difficult. I went with Travis Shaw just because he's a big defensive tackle who moves like exactly what NFL uh, defensive linemen move like. You know, I remember Dexter Lawrence, um, you know, and, and that's similarly, you know, um, Shaw is probably bigger. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that, that's my pick. There you go. Travis Shaw is six, five, three, 30 plus, uh, out of Grimsley high school in Greensboro. Okay. The most athletic player in this class, think about explosion, think about quickness, think about lateral movement and speed. Yeah. So when I was looking at this, this, uh, superlative, I was trying to find someone who may be like a multi-sport guy. That's the one thing this class doesn't have, which is surprising. Cause that's usually something that usually have a couple guys who are, you know, multi-sport standouts. I went with Andre Green because even though he, he does excel at basketball, but it's not like this huge, you know, he's not being recruited or anything like that, but obviously unbelievable talent, 
great ball skills, great leaping ability. I've seen a little bit of his basketball highlights. I'd love to see a little bit more uh, because of, uh, I imagine he's uh, a lot, a lot of fun to watch on the hardwood also. All right. Great. Andre green, most athletic. Okay. Get to a couple fun ones here. Mix them up. Best personality. You remember the one after that is going to be similar. So pick wisely here. Best yeah, personality. So, so, so yeah, so this was, this wasn't easy for me. I don't think there's a guy who just jumps out and I kind of stole this idea from um, when I was talking to George and George will mention this in the uh, in an interview we did with him. Uh, Deuce Caldwell. Every time I've interviewed him, he's been great. He hasn't showed me the, the funny side. So that's why I didn't throw him into the uh, most funny uh, category, which is the next one. But um, you know, definitely good personality, fun guy to talk to. All right, Deuce Caldwell, a linebacker for UNC. All right, funniest guy in the class. I'm going to go Travis Shaw. And the, okay. and the thing with him that I love is that this is a guy who I've followed since he was a freshman. So I've really kind of seen him grow and mature and, and definitely just um, absorb some of this attention he's getting. But fun guy, you can see a little bit in his tweets. When I interview him, you know, always kind of out there having fun. His teammates love him. He's always goofing around, that sort of thing. But, he, you know, he takes the thing seriously for sure. But always enjoy my interviews with him. My best interviews with him are just when we kind of just sit down. I put the recru- recru- uh, recorder on, and then we just kind of just just talk. And, and, and he can you can have a lot of fun with him. Yeah, no lack of confidence with him either. Definitely a big personality. And gets the most funniest by the Don Callahan superlative. Okay, best interview. So you're going to see this next, George Petaway. Ooh, you know, this okay. is a kid who, um, super smart kid, very sharp. The thing, too, is, is for me, I, I interview guys a little bit differently than some of the other, I won't say most, but, but like a good chunk of other reporters will kind of fluff it up a little bit. I try to get to the point, get the information. George did not want to show his cards at all. And he was very, very smart about it. So um, I always kind of love that little, like, you know, mental games with him a little bit prior to his actual commitment, but super smart kid, you know, um, very introspective, you know, you're, I feel like I'm talking to an adult to be honest with you. So yeah, you know, great kid to talk to. A little preview there for our, our interview coming up next, the George Petaway interview. Okay. All right. A couple, another kind of weird one. Uh, the weirdest, strangest recruitment. Um, I think a lot of subscribers could kind of answer this one as well as we, as we look to the class. Well, I don't know. Was, what you're, I'm not sure what you're going to say either. Well, I was wondering if I can go off the commitment list for this one because I feel like by far it was, it was Benji Gosnell. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, I, but I mean, give, let's give one that's on the list, too. Why Benji Gazelle? Quickly. Well, ben, Benji was just so weird because, you know, he committed to Ohio, Ohio State sight unseen. Then, yeah. And prior to that, it felt like he was going to end up at North Carolina because of his connection to the school, his brother, and then his family members are, are season ticket holders. He decommits from UNC, decommits from Ohio State, you know, towards the end of the summer, which was awful timing. Uh, seemed like maybe North Carolina, then it kind of seemed like Virginia Tech for the longest time. Then UNC got back into it late in the fall. Seemed like it was going to be UNC in a matter of like a week. It all of a sudden just completely flipped and it was Virginia Tech. And yeah, just it was just so weird. 
great kid though. I loved it. I, loved, I really loved talking to him. Um, I know he got a bad rap on the message boards, but just a really good kid to talk to. Okay, great. Anybody from this class? I mean, I, I would say, first of all, UNC doesn't have any decommitted. No one decommitted from this class. And that's a pretty Mac Brown's classes. You rarely see any decommitments, which I think is kind of, you know, how, how they recruit and how they hand select people and things like that. Uh, of all the commitments, I would say maybe Zach Rice's kind of had the most kind of weirdest ebbs and yeah. flows and how it was came down to, you know, five schools. It came down to two schools and he was, he just, you know, his recruitment kind of took a, it wasn't necessarily weird, but it, it was definitely like a roller coaster. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think there's a couple different, you could look at like Travion Green, who actually was originally a 2021 recruit. He um, reclassified, tried to lose some weight. As soon as uh, North Carolina gave him the green light to commit, once he you know got his body in, in order, he, he committed immediately. So that's somewhat weird, I guess, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. I mean, all these guys, you know, pretty, you know, they focus on UNC, they stuck with UNC. There wasn't much drama. Which, which makes that question hard to answer. Okay, moving on. Um, all right, most underrated player. So the player maybe outside the top 200 or so you think is going to be the, the, big, the best uh, top player in college or have the biggest impact. So I kind of gave this away a little bit earlier. I'm going to go with the lowest ranked kid in this class, with it, which is Justin Kanyuk. You know, I think that he has great size. Um, the coaches rave about what they saw from him in, in camp. In the camp setting, he did it in one of those individual camps. I think his film's really good. Uh, he mentioned, we actually read a story. If you haven't read it, make sure you read it from, um, you know, I think we posted it last week or maybe it was the week before, where he talks about making the transition to center, which for UNC fans, should that should be music to their ears. So he could potentially, that could be his, his I guess, role from North Carolina in a couple of years. Yeah, I thought you might say someone like uh... – Bryson Jennings or Marcus Allen, but you want Justin Kanyuk. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, I said it earlier. I mean, there's so many of these guys. I mean, I, you know, yeah, Marcus Allen, Bryson Jennings, super underrated. I, even though those are, there are, well, one of them is a four star. Yeah. You know, um, Tayon Holloway, four star. I feel like underrated. For sure. Okay. Most immediate impact. By this, I mean the player who you think um, can make an impact as a freshman. Yeah, so you got to look biggest impact as a freshman. Yeah, so I think you got to look at the position because it, you know certain positions lend itself to to um, early playing time for freshmen, and then I think you got to look at opportunity and you got to look at skill, and then as a bonus, if they're enrolling early, you got to give that bonus to them. And I'm going with George Petaway, you know, the running back position, losing Ty Chandler. I know that um, British Brooks is British Brooks. Is he British? Like, where is he from? Is he from, is he from Britain? He's from, he's from Gastonia. From Gastonia. Okay. Is that close? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Is this some bit right. you have? <laughs> I feel like every time I see on Twitter, you're, you're posting that anyway. Um, now let's, oh yeah. So uh, plenty of opportunity for George. He's arriving early. He's a super hard worker. We'll get into him more during his interview, but yeah, I feel like he has a great opportunity to immediately impact the team. Yeah, you got to think Andre, I think George Pedway, Amar and Hampton, or I think Andre Green has an opportunity as well to make an impact. That kind of receiver, and they're going to need receivers next year as well, but running back is definitely an easy and clear answer. Okay, the toughest player. Who in this class do you think is the toughest? I'm going Travis Shaw, mostly because really? 
I was um, his coaches with that state championship. Not they, they didn't make the state championship this year, but during his jun- junior year, the injury that basically held him out of um, most of his senior season um, supposedly was super painful. And um, I think we, I think actually, yeah, one of the coaches gave the story in, in, in the the uh, weekly scoop that we posted right after um, Travis had had announced his commitment to North Carolina, just about how much pain he was in. He wouldn't even take his shoulder pads off because he was afraid that the trainer would look at it and tell him he couldn't play. Um, supposedly just just tremendous pain, but played through the entire state championship and gave your Grimsley Whirlies a state championship in football. That's right. That's right. All right, Travis Shaw, third time he has been mentioned on the Superlatives. All right, best uh, future leader, best uh, best guy you think will be a leader for the Tar Heels? I'm going to go George Petaway again. I, I just think he's just, you know, and you'll see it in the interview. He's just a natural leader, smart kid, quick on his feet, you mature. know. And, and, yeah, mature. He's driven, you know. I mean, what else do you want from a leader? There you go. All right, who do you think in this class will have the best college career? Not necessarily pro career, but best college career and best impact as Tar Heel. So many guys I can go with, uh, but I'm going to go with Andre Green. I it, maybe he plays as a freshman. You know, it, it's definitely possible. You know, he's he's that talented. I think he's going to need some time to adjust because there's definitely a big jump up from high school to college, particularly um, for him. Virginia private school leagues, they definitely have talent there, but I think it's a little bit of a, dr- a drop compared to some other leagues. So, but forgive me, Mr. Uh, Mr. Green, I know you're listening. Um, but I think when all is said and done, he's going to be an unbelievable player for North Carolina. Um, I, I could see a three-year starter just putting up, you know, break, you know, all these, these receiving records seem to be broken every year. I think Andre Green is going to break again. All right. And the final one, <laughs> which one of these recruit signees would you most want to date your daughter? Um, None of them. <laughs> and there's nothing against these are all, all these great kids who I've gotten to know throughout the time. But, you know, there's nothing, as I'm sure you probably have picked up from listening to this podcast, there is uh, nothing more close to my heart than my daughter. And so I don't trust her with anyone but myself. Jeez, so. All right. We'll leave it there. Uh, all right. A lot of Andre Green, a lot of Petaway, a lot of Travis Shaw, and a lot of recruits that didn't get mentioned. We haven't even mentioned Sebastian Cheeks once in this podcast so i'm just go ahead and say his name in case his parents are listening uh, okay good stuff all right guys next up is the george pedway interview let's get some uh national ads in there and we'll be right back with george pedway this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back into the scoop of this special National Signing Day podcast with a very special guest now we're bringing on 2022 unc commitment future signee running back george petaway what's up george how's it going man it's going good uh can't complain uh getting ready 
you know what I'm saying? I'm in school right now, but signing day is right around the corner and uh, just getting ready for it. All right, we're going to send it to Don to kick off this interview. Yeah, to George, the last time I saw you was actually kind of a surprise. I was covering Andre Green's announcement. I get a tap on the sh- shoulder, and it's George, who uh, <laughs> what was about like an hour, hour and a half drive for you to yeah, get out hour to Richmond? 15, hour, hour 15, 15, hour and 30 minutes. Okay, so why was it you know, important for you to be there? Because I think it kind of speaks to just the, the friendship among you guys from, from Virginia. So tell me, you know, what, what made you want to go out there for that, for that uh, announcement? hundred um, percent. I had training earlier that day and I had nothing else planned. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? He told me where he was going beforehand. And I was like, I'm going to make it uh, just to love uh, the love and the family atmosphere of the whole recruitment class that we have. And then UNC as a whole, um, making it down there wasn't a problem. And then just showing love and support for him. Um, I know he'd do the same for me if he didn't have a game or whatnot, but it was just good vibes. So is this, you know, because there are a lot of guys from Virginia, particularly that 757 area where you're from with Lil Doc and with Tayon Holloway um, and you know, obviously Zach, who's on the other side of the state. W- what's it like with you guys, with you Virginia guys? Oh, uh, we, we're all close. I mean, uh, we're, we're, I guess we're the most talked about when it comes to football in the 757. But um, really, like I seen Tayon play last week. Like we all just support each other and show love. Doc is now working out with me, uh, with, with Giovanni Ruffin. Um, so really, us guys kind of just stay together. Uh, we might not see each other every day, but you know what I'm saying. There's definitely love and support there. And uh, going to the same school is almost like a dream. Who is Doc, Doc? Oh, um, t- uh, Tyshawn Chapman. Okay, <laughs> my fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's his nickname. We go. They call him Doc. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. So I'm not sure many of our listeners would know either. Um, so you talked about how close the Virginia players are. What is it like with the whole recruiting class? Do y'all have a group chat? How do y'all communicate? What's that oh, been 100%. like? hundred percent. Well, I mean, we're, we're almost in that group chat almost every other day, if not every day. Uh, just talking about different things, uh, life, uh, school sometimes. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The people that's early enrolling, we talk about how it's going to be, who we rooming with, different things. But now ever since the summer, um, like when we all knew, like who's who's going to be coming in and all we've been had a group chat and we just been communicating ever since were you added before you committed i was definitely added before i committed i was i added i think it was after the cookout in july okay um and so like was andre green in it were other commits that hadn't committed were in there like like zach rice andre yeah. green you i think it was me it was me it was pretty, pretty much all the recruits, but I think Zach Rice got added just a little bit after. Okay. Uh, he dropped his top five or something like that, then he got added in there. Okay, and a lot of people on message boards at Inside Carolina ask about this TikTok video that that you were on, and it seemed – I think everybody that was in the video ended up committing to UNC. I think Tony Grimes was on the video too, so there were a player or two on there as well. What, what happened with that video? What was it about? And, like, there's, like, some mystery and it's some intrigue about – Everybody on that video ended up committing. It was like all the big names from Virginia and North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, at first we didn't really think anything of it, but we was just chilling at the cookout and we uh, we had just played like a little baseball game or whatever. And it was like, bro, let's make a TikTok. And it was all of us VA guys just just sitting there. And then we, we didn't know which one to make because we can't really dance. So we was just walking through in the line. <laughs> and then it kind of just played out and we posted it. And then I think Zach Rice said, what if? And then, you know what I'm saying? Three months later, four months later, it actually happened, so it's pretty cool. But I mean, we all know each other; it's all love, and we come to come to work. And I think Tra- I think Travis Shaw was at the very end of that too. So it was a couple of North Carolina guys <laughs> as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ross probably doesn't understand the whole TikTok thing. I have high school kids, so every time they get like five minutes free, they're filming some sort of TikTok, which yeah. I don't get it. But hey, I, you know that's your guys' thing, so that's fine. I wanted to move on to you as a player, and you know we could talk about you, your your speed, your agility, your your receiving ability, all that sort of stuff. But people who listen to this podcast know I'm a huge fan of your approach, in particular despite the fact that you put up huge numbers, video game numbers in every game you play in, you're highly ranked. You're a four-star guy and ranked very, very high. You have this chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Why is that? Because it's so easy for, for a guy like you to just kind of be, you know, have a big head, but you still, it almost feels like you, you feel like you haven't gotten any sort of credit yet. Yeah. A hundred percent. I found, I get it from my dad for sure. Uh, just growing up. Uh, he's just, I just always been around him. He worked a lot. Um, just where he's from. Uh, I'm not going to get into all that, but where he's from, you know what I'm saying? That definitely rubbed off on me. But uh, probably two years ago, because I was always a hard worker. I was a hard worker in basketball too. I used to get shots up and all that. But two years ago, I was working out with Giovanni Ruffin. And you know what I'm saying? I had had a trainer before and I was doing fine. Uh, it really wasn't no problems or nothing. But when I got to Giovanni Ruffin, like I was working out with probably six guys. Tony Grimes was one of those guys, you know, linebacker. And then it was some people that wasn't committed wasn't ranked, wasn't anything. And I was working out and I was throwing up and I was like throwing up bad and I couldn't make it through the workout. I came back the next day and it was kind of the same thing. And I'm looking at guys next to me, not ranked, not, no commitment, no stars. And they're making it through fine. And you know what I'm saying? I just had to talk to myself, talk with God and kind of just like, if I really want to do this, like I gotta, I gotta work harder and I gotta be better. Um, it's not about the stats. It's not about, um, you know what I'm saying? How many how many numbers I'm putting up? It's kind of about the mindset, how you approach it. And ever since, like that mindset, working with Giovanni Ruffin, even like by myself, eating, just staying consistent on top of my stuff, uh, that translated into my grades as well. But really, uh, I feel like, like you said, it's the, the way I approach the game and how I approach pretty much everything I do. Um, just never being satisfied and always staying consistent. Yeah, I want to go to your recruitment and. You basically, for everybody, their recruitment truly started this past summer because of COVID. You, know, mm -hmm. you couldn't make any visits, although you did go to a game or two at North Carolina. So how was, what was your mentality heading into June, and what schools were you truly considering at that point? Uh, I, was true, I was truly considering UNC. I was truly considering Penn State, Florida. Oregon, I was really truly considering. I just could never get up there. Uh, just bad timing. Um, and then other than that, I would probably say UVA because they're close to home. And then um, another one was Ole Miss. Uh, the relationship I have with Ole Miss was good. I just could just never visit because of the four-week window we had to visit. But um, I, I would say it would probably be like it would probably take longer for me to make that decision if if I had more time to visit all these schools. Like there was no COVID and stuff like that. But, I mean, everything happened for a reason, so it worked out. What ended up drawing you to UNC? What was the process that, that, that had you leaning towards UNC through the summer, ultimately uh, to your decision? So, yeah, so before, before, um, like, I think it was before that June, wait, am I getting, am I getting this right? You talk, you're talking about this past June, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, basically, like I, like I always say, the family atmosphere, but I visited a whole bunch of times. I, I went to games. I had seen it, and that's the only place I could go because I was close with uh, Tony Grimes' dad and all that stuff, and I get tickets. But I mean, I, I had seen it so much, and it just felt like home. 
uh, that's pretty much really all I can say. Like, I've seen them way more than everybody else, but I really like what I saw. When did like, North Carolina become the team to beat for you? North Carolina be- became the team to beat when, pretty sure it was when I took my uh, unofficial visit in June. Okay, that, was, that weekend that was, long. Yeah. Okay. Because I I had seen it, so I had seen it a lot, but really diving into the academics, the uh, nutrition, the, the weight room, pretty much seeing all all the good facts I need to see. Uh, that was when it became team to be. It was my first visit. So, what about um, the offense intrigued you and, and the impact of of how they use running backs that you like about UNC? Yeah, uh, Coach Mac Brown. He he likes to run the ball. Uh, he likes to get his playmakers and running backs involved. And you know what I'm saying, just seeing right in front of your eyes what Michael Carter and mm-hmm. uh, and Javante Williams was doing was uh, special to see. I'm sitting there at the game and visioning myself doing the, those exact same things. Um, and then what Ty Chandler has done as well this year and the other backs. But um, really, you know what I'm saying, I see it. And coach, I just talked to Coach uh, Phil Longo and then Coach Mac Brown and then even the new running back coach, Coach uh, Larry Porter. Uh, we talk about different things and different things we're going to do. So. Yeah, this goes back to kind of earlier talking about your game, but what do you think you do bring to the offense? Um, there's always different kinds of running backs. What do you think your strongest at? How do you think they're going to use you? How do you see yourself kind of fitting in? Uh, I feel like my strongest suit is uh, definitely my one-cut speed um, and my vision. Um, and just I, I'm going to bring a versatility to the offense where you can use me in different scenarios. Uh, when I'm back there, you know what I'm saying, it's not going to just be a run. Um, back there, I'm not going to just be pass blocking. I'm um, going to be able to get involved in different ways uh, to help help this team win and produce on offense. And I feel like that's what that's why they like me so much. Yeah, you're an early, early enrollee, right? Yes, sir. So, I mean, what do you think you have a, you have a chance to impact uh, the, the, the team as a freshman? Is that kind of what you're envisioning, getting there in oh, January, okay. go through all the practice, and then have a chance to, to be a big-time impact in, in, in the fall? 100%. I mean, everybody knows, just close to me, I'm coming into work. Um, it's as simple as that. I'm just got to stay consistent, and you know what I'm saying. I got to do my do my part. Yeah, there's certainly op- certainly opportunity to you with with, yeah. with Ch- Chandler graduating. Um, just a couple of names, but they, no one's really as experienced. You know, DJ Jones is up there too, so definitely an opportunity for for someone like you to come in and, and get some reps. Don. Yes, along those lines, what has North Carolina, whether it's Coach Longo, Coach Mac Brown, or, or Coach Porter, what have they said? Just you, what the game plan is and how you kind of fit within that game plan heading into your, the spring? Uh, really just teaching me the little things about the offense. Uh, one thing Coach Porter talks about a lot is pass blocking. Uh, that's just not his number one key. Um, other than, you know what I'm saying, make, making sure that ball is high and tight, but pass blocking. And then as well as uh, understanding, understanding the offense. And coming in, obviously, I got to put on some weight. I'm at like 190 right now. They definitely want me to get up, probably like 205 or something like that. But, you know what I'm saying, that game plan is pretty much learning, uh, learning as much as I can and going into that spring game and applying what I know. All right, we'll get out here with a couple other questions. I want to get back to that group chat. Um, Tell us about some personalities in this class. You know, we know about their game. We know how talented everybody is. We know the the – the ranking, who in that group chat, who in the signing class is, is the big personality, is the, 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 the funniest guy, all that kind of stuff? The funniest guy is definitely Deuce Caldwell. Uh, okay. I, I'm pretty okay. sure if you ask anybody in the group chat, they're going to say him. Uh, he's the one, like, he'll make TikToks, like, every other day and send it in there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's definitely uh, the funniest in there. He talks probably the most. Um, everybody else, I feel like, is just chill, like, 
if it's some if it's like a topic like we'll all be talking but everybody really has good vibes um and i pretty much met everybody in person as well so what's uh what's travis shaw like in there travis shaw he's chill he's chill at times uh he's mia at times and then he'll, he'll be talking about he, he seems like a big personality yeah and no, i definitely a big personality Even he definitely better. goes he definitely goes mia sometimes i knew that yeah 100%. don did you know about deuce caldwell being the, the funniest I, guy I didn't, you know, sometimes because, you know, in the last class, uh, Dontavious Nash, we heard the same thing where he was like this, you know, clown. But when I've dealt with Deuce and, and also Dontavious, it's always been very, you know, yes or no, sir, answering <laughs> yeah. the questions yeah. exactly, you know, but, you know, not every guy. I feel like George is pretty, um, pretty much the same no matter what, you know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but uh, I feel, my personality probably shows the, the more I get to know you, mm -hmm. um, I'd say. But at first, it's kind of just I kind of like to peep everything first. Yeah. yeah. Also, I noticed you were very like uh, during your recruitment, like you didn't you were tweeting a lot or putting a lot of stuff on Instagram. You kept it very low key. It seems like yeah. you're just very focused on kind of what's ahead of you. Is that mm -hmm. kind of how you approached it? Was that kind of something you did intentionally or is that kind yeah. of just who you are? Yeah. Social, I mean, I use social media kind of kind of promote myself. But I, I know once I get there, it's, it's kind of going to be like kind of just low key and then. Uh, like y'all know I'm gonna be working, but you probably won't really see it and stuff like that. If I remember correctly, like wasn't there like they did a video like um like a mini documentary on you, and I think it was your mom who said you you were an old soul. Is that you, or I'm thinking about someone else? Uh, I don't know. if She said this, but I definitely had a, the, a documentary, and she was in it. I, okay, I, I don't remember what she. I think said. that's what she said, and it makes complete sense to me because like here's the thing. So when I when I deal with with uh, George. I don't text him like I text other kids or DM them. Like a lot of other kids, you know, you DM them or text them, they get back to you right away. But if I call George right away, he will answer his phone every single time, which is something that, you know, you get from adults. So, and you, and you are very mature for, and I deal with high schoolers all the time. You are very mature for high schoolers. So I can see the whole old soul sort of thing with you, yeah. which is kind of cool. Definitely. Like, I mean, I was like that with the college coaches as well. Like college coaches would try to text me all day. Um, and then I would call and it's like, they don't know how to talk. And I, it was just good. I remember one time I was talking to Miami and I was texting the coach and, um, it was like something funny. Right. So then I had called him and it was probably like 20 minutes later, I called him and I was like referring to what we was talking about and he didn't even know what he was talking about. Like, I don't even think it was him texting me. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, yeah. So it was like. That's why I just always just like talking to coaches. Uh, yeah. Definitely if I'm close to them, I FaceTime and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah, yeah, you definitely seem very mature for a for a high school senior. <laughs> I wish I was as mature as you that at that age. Um, okay, so and finally, I mean, y'all, you're coming in with Amarion Hampton, another really good running back. You're ranked, um, you're, you're you're top four star, number one of seven in the country. He's one forty eight two stud running backs. What's it like? Have y'all talked about kind of coming in and and working together and, and being you know having kind of that thunder and lightning type running back duo. Yeah, 100%. I feel like that that one-two combo, uh, if we do what's supposed to do and we take care of little things, uh, it, can, it can be very, very special. And we talked about it, um, you know what I'm saying, just really coming in and going to work. Uh, but, yeah, that one-two combo with, you know what I'm saying, how fast and how powerful he is and versatile and stuff like that, it, it could be really scary. All right, Don, you got anything else? No, that's it. I really appreciate George coming on the uh, the podcast with us and you know his help all the time doing interviews and all that sort of stuff so, so thanks george for being on
Yes, sir. No doubt. Appreciate you. Yep. Thanks. And, and good luck on signing day. And I look forward to uh, covering you at UNC, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. All right. All right we'll talk to you later. All right. And we'll be uh, right back to finish up this podcast. Is that how you want to do it, Don? It's up to you. Do you want to go with our thoughts now or? Yeah, let's go to- ahead and get into our okay. thoughts now. Um, we just wrapped up that part that interview and we're actually recording this a little bit ahead of time of recording this full um this full podcast that will be released uh, ahead of signing day. Yeah, George Petaway. I mean, I never talked to the guy before. I've probably seen some video. And I think he did his commitment on um, CBS HQ, but a uh, super mature guy, all business. I mean, I think UNC fans have to be super excited about his approach and what he's going to bring once he gets to UNC. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I mean, super mature kid. I've talked plenty of times about just unbelievable work ethic. Unbelievable. And I and I and I mentioned this talking to him, just his the chip on his shoulder, which I don't think you saw too much here. But when you in drills and just kind of talking to him in person mm-hmm. and just just, you know, he has he has tunnel vision. I mean, he's definitely the type of kid who should succeed in college. Yeah. And I, I mean, we I've talked you know plenty of times about his tape and just how electric he is. So I think it's a great addition. I think outside of the, the, the stud Travis Shaw and maybe Zach Rice. I think getting those two running backs was critical for what UNC needed. You, you saw at times how the the uh, the offense struggled without a, a really, really star running back early in the season until Ty Chandler found his footing. So getting Hampton and Petaway, let him go after and compete, I think UNC's um, running back room is going to be set for the next couple of years. Um, and, uh, yeah, Petaway is great. I don't think there's not much else to add. No, I don't – yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Four-star guy, <laughs> you know, definitely a guy who – makes plays you can see it on his film um you know a receiving threat at the backfield can can line up in this slot if you need it you know he, he's he's going to kill you with vision he's going to kill you with his elusiveness i mean just a, a great player to add to an offense great all right we're going right back we're going to wrap up this national sign day preview podcast with our top five that's me top five um players in the 2022 class you're most excited about so we'll be back with that stay tuned as we wrap up this version of the scoop podcast all right and welcome back hope you enjoyed that petaway interview i think we're we already talked about the interview in the podcast um but let's get right into our top five you're listening to the inside Carolina podcast a scoop podcast brought to you by giant t-shirt and blue shark vodka guys remember to rate review and subscribe to the podcast on uh, Apple and Spotify and especially on YouTube. And we have a live stream coming up on December 15th, Wednesday, December 15th at 645 live from the man tower, the inside <laughs> Carolina 2022 uh, national sign day live stream with myself, Don Callahan and John Bowman. We'll be talking the 2022 class for, you know, three, four, five hours, a nonstop live stream on Inside Carolina's YouTube page. Okay, Don, good? I am good. Let's get rolling because I am starving. All right. And guys, remember, we're recording this on Sunday night. All right, top five. The top five recruits you are most excited about. We had a bunch of submits, so we're going to go through them all. We'll read them all, and uh, we'll add in conversation. We probably have a lot of repeats, but – um. It should be a good kind of glimpse into how our listeners think and, and, and what the uh, UNC fan fandom thinks. All right, I'll start. Ready? All right. All right, Ryan from Chapel Hill. We'll go in reverse order. Number five, Sebastian Cheeks. Wow, I think Power and Ra Ra will have great years, but they might not stay for four years. Sebastian should get some early reps 
and should be Gimmel 2.0 that we'll need once the defense turns over. Four, George Pedaway, running back George Pedaway. All-purpose back that fits Longo's system the best, should be an exit player. Three, Travis Shaw. We need some big physical guys in trenches. We're going to compete with the Clemsons, Auburns, and Michigans um, of, of the national football scene. Two, Bo Atkinson. Big dude and should be able to set a solid edge. And one, Amarion Hampton. I'm a big fan of downhill running backs. We miss having a punisher at running back this year and a hopeful. And I'm hoping he will fill that void in the coming years. All right, so Bo Atkinson in there. Sebastian Cheeks in there. A couple names from Ryan from Chapel Hill, one of our most loyal listeners. Don? Um, yeah, so instead of um, us giving top fives, you want to just kind of give our thoughts on each one of these since we already talked about these guys a bunch anyway? Yeah, we won't give our we won't give ours. Okay, ah, we can't skip okay. on. Let's get on. All right, fine. All right, yeah, yeah I know. We, we can I, talk about anything you want. <laughs> I like it. I like um. You know, I don't. I didn't exclude Sebastian Cheeks on purpose. Um, but I like the the inclusion there. Um, big fan. I mean, big fan of all these guys. So yeah. So I, I like the list. So um, on to Noah from Korea, long time submissioner. That submissioner. That's a word, right? I guess. So, but he didn't put it in. No numbers. Is there numbers in Korea? Jeez, no comment. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to go in the order that he presented it. Zach Rice, you win in the trenches. I wish I was wrong with my prediction. This year's O-line would be exposed, but we saw what happened when it was. I don't expect Rice to dominate as a freshman, but bringing in in elite talent on the lines is what we'll need to make this rebuild sustainable. Travis Shaw, he may take even longer to pop than Rice. I think we'll see. Yeah, I think we'll see glimpses early because of his insane talent and physical skills. Um, Armarion Hampton, I love Petaway too, but call me Javante Lonely. Armarion's highlights, highlight reels are insane. I'm, you know, are you surprised? Because I, you know, I'm going to give away a little bit more what my top five looks like, but um, I like electric running backs better than punishing running backs. And I grew up in Big Ten country. Um, so are you are you electric running back like a George Pettaway or are you like a punishing guy running people over like a Martin Hampton? Uh, I mean, I think the open field guy, it's hard. It's, you like both. You want you want thunder and lightning. It's hard to pick. Yeah. Yeah. OK. All right. Um, next up, Sebastian Cheeks. Next. Another Sebastian Cheeks. Maybe we're wrong here. Uh, next best thing to dominance on the offensive line, elite linebacker play. This one makes me a little nervous just because it's a bit of an unconventional recruit. I was shocked when he land when we landed him. Hope he gets a lot of run early and feels at home in Chapel Hill. And the last one, Deuce Caldwell. I love those guys who just go all in immediately on recruiting more guys to Chapel Hill. Reminds me of how Armando um, is the basketball player. Armando Baycott. Baycott. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> want to say it wrong. Yeah. Hey, don't ask me. Yeah, don't ask me basketball questions. We're gonna watch um, the basketball game together on uh, Tuesday night. We are. In the man's house. And I'm going to pay attention. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, committed and immediately started getting in other guys' ears. Not every recruit has to be a freshman All-American. We need biz, uh, program builders. All right. That was a lot of reading for Don. It was. All right. Um, I'll say a couple things about this. Um, obviously, Armand Hampton and George Pettaway are going to get a lot of pub because I think they're two just you know, massive gets and, and big-time players. With Travis Shaw, about you know, there's a line about him. Uh, uh, glimpses early. I really wish Travis Shaw was was uh, enrolling early. I he think is. you know he's he is. 
Yeah, that changed. Yeah, that changed oh. a couple weeks ago. Yep. Breaking news. <laughs> I guess. So is there, I, are there I, ten early enrollees? No, there's nine. So who got kicked out? Not kicked out, but I I didn't get details. But um, Tayon Holloway is no longer expected to enroll early. Okay. Well, this is news to me. Okay. I should have told you. We have an early enrollee story running tomorrow morning. Do we? Better make sure you change that. Up. It's with some it's with some Mac Brown quotes that he mentioned. So, okay, well that's great news. Yeah, I think Travis Shaw. You know, he has a frame. He just needs a um, a couple months in a, a strength conditioning program. Uh, he'll have he'll get you know six plus months now. So I think it's huge. And with Zach Rice, uh, I just really hope he could be a dominant left tackle for you know two three years for UNC. They need that. They just need an elite tackle because uh, they haven't had that in a long time, and that can really change your program um, and change your team. Okay. John from Lynchburg, Virginia, the home of Zach Rice. All right, five, Travis Shaw, because he's a badass. Four, Tyshawn Chapman. He's from the same high school as Percy Harvin, so you know he's awesome. Three, Tayon Holloway. I like Chapman. He's from the 757, and obviously will be amazing. Two, Zach Rice. I live in Lynchburg, but work in Charlottesville. Uh, I will enjoy rubbing his UNC commitment in with all my UVA coworkers for years. And Dre Green, Andre Green. After listening to his dad on the Scoop podcast, I'm pumped. All right. This is, we got a lot of first time submissioners. Todd from Cary. And Todd from Cary is one of them. Welcome, Todd. Welcome, Todd. So, number five, Petaway slash Hampton. So, he didn't make the decision. He just went, I guess, very um, diplomatic. Can't decide between the two. With Chandler moving on, running back is wide open. One or both could contribute next year. Number five, Travis Shaw. Have to include a guy who can stuff the run and allow other guys to do work. Number three, uh, Malachi Hamrick. This year's team struggled getting after the QB, so studs on the edge are huge gets. Number two, Andre Green. Big, Big play, tall wide receiver is critical. Wide receiver recruiting has to improve. Number one, Zach Rice. Offensive lineman has to improve. Offensive line has to improve. And then honorable mention goes to Deuce. <laughs> so he got seven people in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> honorable mention, he wrote, phenomenal name. He's been such a social media presence you know, for UNC. I love the fact, and, and I don't, this is what I hope happens, but I have no control over it because I don't know what direction you're going to go. But somehow, you always have to read Preston from Greensboro. And it yeah. just happens that way. So um, this is great. So I can't wait for you to read this. There you go. I'll add, you know, add a bit of commentary here and there in each guy. What, I, what stood out about Hamrick is that he said this team struggled um, getting after the court quarterback. So having studs on the edge are huge. I think, you know, what UNC did, they, they, they're signing three edge rushers. So you're kind of hoping like one hits, you know. Um, you know, Hamrick, Bo Atkinson, and Jennings, you know, if two or the three – our, our studs and get to the quarterback that's good you're throwing a lot of you know uh, logs of fire hoping one catches um so i mean getting the quarterback is is massive in, in football these days all right preston from greensboro i met him this year <laughs> i think i met him the same game i met andre green and mr green all right uh five tashon chapman he was the first commit i love stealing the virginia guys jennings don thinks he's underrated he's a virginia tech legacy Three, Marcus Allen, moving to running back with that name. Destroyed Washington in the Super Bowl. Okay, so it's an NFL reference. Um, <laughs> kind of unrelated there. Two, Deuce Caldwell. 
How can you not put a guy named Deuce at two? Also, a great help recruiting. That's a very great point. Yeah. Why didn't you explain that? Explain that joke. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm allowed to. <laughs> All right. And number one, Andre Green. Hopefully he can give Ross some tips on his hair. <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb and say Andre Green and I have different, very types, very, very different types of hair. <laughs> All right. Thomas from Thomasville. You think yeah. it's made up? We did get a lot of submits, didn't we? Yeah. So I'm not going to read all of this up, but you think like, that's like me saying I'm from Donsville. That's right. Anyway. All right. right. First time, long time. Um, Let's go. I'm just going to read this real quick. Uh, Number five, Tayon Holloway. This kid is a stud. Number four, Zach Rice. You got to be kidding me, man. Big nasty is a heel. Uh, Number three, Andre Green. Now we are getting to the immediate impact. Number two, Malachi Hamrick. I'm shooting my shot, fellas. Hamrick is a tackling machine with a never-ending motor and the taste of blood for the quarterback. Just get the, the feeling he will be the ruck, the butcher. Every time you put him on the field, he will be making a play. And number one, George freaking Petaway. I was tempted to go with Hampton here because I think they are both future pros. Petaway's work ethic drive and overall skill set uh, set just screams give me the ball and cut from the same cloth as Carter, Logan and Chandler. All right. Thomas from Thomasville, thanks for submission. You're quite the writer, quite the wordsmith. All right. It. Ben Ben from Salt Lake, Salt Lake, Utah. All right, we'll start from the bottom. Rice, Zach Rice, um, Let's see if I'm going to kind of breeze through this. All right, number four, Bo Atkinson. Uh, He gets Aiden Hutchinson vibes, the the Michigan defensive tackle. A motor that doesn't stop. Important piece, every defense rubs off on others. Must need an attribute on our defensive line. George Petaway, different type of back than the other guys. Hampton is somewhat similar to Hood and Edmonds, maybe even British Brooks and Javante. Um, But he loves his ability to catch out of the backfield and his work ethic and leadership. Travis Shaw, how can you not be excited about him? In-state stud, second-best athlete ever from his high school. Looking at you, Ross. Has some time to learn behind the guys we have now. We're also transforming his body with Coach Hess. Hopefully get some spot minutes in year one and some cleanup duty. And one, Andre Green Jr. Even more hyped after listening to his dad on the podcast. Wish he was an early enrollee. Uh, I think he's a total game changer and not just on the outside. It will be extremely important. Deep threat, but also a great blocker from the looks of it. Incredible piece. uses a decoy sometimes as well as to open things up. Should be a super important to the development of Jacoby. Um, <laughs> he wrote Dracoby Mayswell in the next year's combination of the two quarterbacks. Dracoby Mayswell. All right. All right. Was that another uh... – Okay, yeah, that's another first time. First I think we might have had one thing from Ben before. I'm not really? sure, though. I'm, well, not, ben, sure. I'm we, not sure. Ben and Tom from Thomasville, we want more. That's right. Great writers. And uh, we need Ross to move to Rossville. That's right. All right. Dale from Waxhall might be our longest, most frequent submitter. Uh, number five, Deuce Caldwell, the next great Will linebacker at UNC. Number four, Andre Green, big play outside receiver that ha- that this offense sorely needs. Number three, Bo Atkinson, 
not as highly rated as others, but has the size and motor you can't teach. Number two, Travis Shaw, one of the highest rated recruits ever at UNC and helps to continue transforming the D. And number one, Zach Rice, the one area Mac and company have not brought in super high level talent is O-line. Rice changes that and hopefully opens the floodgates for future years. Yeah, it's huge how, how great they did getting Zach Rice and Travis Shaw, the number one player from Virginia and from North Carolina. Just two massive recruitments with Alabama and Clemson and Georgia and Ohio State and Notre Dame, and UNC got both of them. Those were two huge gets. Hey, All so right. you know that your podcast has hit big time when you get a submission from a guy named Slim, yeah, right? Yeah, next guy. This is, this is a milestone for us. Slim from New Bern, what a name. First-time submitter. All right, welcome Slim to the pod. Um, okay <laughs> he has a little comment at the end i'll read at the end all right five zach rice i know jason staples said o-line is the hardest to break through playing time until a couple years if anyone could it's zach rice george Pedaway, same as amarion i really think they could be a great one-two punch amarion hampton with ty chandler gone it's gonna leave a great what are you laughing at this is well you'll you'll see <laughs> Just, just go ahead. It's not about what you're reading. It's sure. not. You might want to. You want to read the next one too. Uh. <laughs> why? There's two left. Oh, I see. I see. All right. Jeez. All right. Amara Hampton. Two. Sorry, Slim. We interrupted your your line here. Two. Travis Shaw. <laughs> I'm so excited to see Miles Murphy and Travis Shaw blow up the O-line next year. That's two, three, three, six defensive linemen. And Andre Green, he really has a chance to impact the team from day one. Just awesome talent and a great kid. Uh, <laughs> Andre Green is front of the list because of our podcast interview. All right, here's a line from Slim, first-time submitter. Just wanted to say I look forward to you and Ross Martin on the Scoop podcast. It's my favorite part of Inside Coming Podcast is listening to you guys. Presented by Blue Shark Vodka. Thanks for all the hard work you guys do. Uh, it's very appreciated. Thank you, Slim. That's awesome, Slim. <laughs> so, so we, I mean, we really pushed for submissions, and you guys came through. I yeah. mean, I had talked right. to you guys. A lot of new submitters. Clap it up. Yeah. Clap it up. And I don't, I don't know if this person's real or not, but you're muted. I think. No, nah, you got it. <laughs> you said you're gonna read it. You got it. Oh, God. It's your turn. All right. <laughs> Jeez, get a hold of yourself, man. You're a, you're a 45-year-old man. I'm not 45. How old are you? All right. 40. Are you really? God. We had this. This was part of a podcast. Five years apart. Anyway. You know what's scary? Right. Scary yeah. knowing you're closer to 50 than you are at 20. Yeah. Like, I'm 35. That's crazy. That's All crazy, right. Ross. We're going to die soon, Ross. All right. Gert from... <laughs> you watch on YouTube. You got to watch on YouTube. Stop losing it. From uh, Booker... <laughs> look, it, look this up. Is this real? Booker Hole... <laughs> Booker Hole, West Virginia. I'm getting text messages. Oh, my God. All right, um, number five. Read Andre the whole thing Green. again. Read the whole thing again. Gert from Booger Hole, 
West Virginia. Okay. Is this a real? Is this a real town? I don't think so. <laughs> and it's gonna be, we're gonna look like an idiot if we Google it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay. All right. Number five, Andre Green Jr. would be higher if early enrolling. Get uh, get off season work, uh, workouts in spring under belt to showcase why he should be in rotation come fall. Um, he says the rest are early enrollees. Number four, Connor Harrell, uh, scenario where Jacoby or Drake transfer and the loss of Sam leaves door open to come in and earn QB number two. I kind of feel like I could definitely see one, you know, the loser of the battle transferring, but I feel like it would be hard to see both of them transfer, right? Uh, yeah. I, for some reason, I think Connor Harrell is going to, like, have a good UNC career. I don't know why. I, think that. I don't know why I think it, that. He's just like a winner. Just a gamer. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, I mean, he's an underrated guy. You know, you know, didn't, you know, a lot of the local schools didn't really recruit him and they recruited him, but they didn't offer him. So, yeah. Um, number three, Travis Shaw, great offseason workouts in spring. Get him into the rotation on the D line. Number two, Zach Rice, same as Shaw, but more chance of impact if he can showcase why he should see significant playing time. And number one, George Petaway, explosive playmaker to step in with workhorse backs currently on roster. All right. Good stuff. That wraps up the top five. Thanks for all submitted. Booger Hall is a place in West Virginia. It's an unincorporated community in northern Clay County, West Virginia, in the Rust Fork Valley. So whether or not our man's from there, Gert, whether that's a real name, I, I don't know if that's a real name either. Um, but Booger, Booger Hole is a, a real place. Okay. Don, anything else to add? Um, no. Are we going to do our five or no? Yeah, let's do our five. Sorry. All right. Almost got here too early. This is a long podcast. All this right. Is a long podcast. Go ahead. You go first. All right. So my five, um, Marcus Allen. I mentioned the fact I feel like he's going to be a stud, um, underrated guy, super long, great. I think he's going to be, um, you know, NFL draft pick at some point. Malachi Hamrick, same sort of situation. I think it's going to be, take him a little longer to see the field just because he really needs to add weight. Uh, but explosive playmaker can do a lot of different things in the front seven. Um, so I'm excited to see him, uh, you know, just in the, in the state championship, just seeing how explosive he is, is great. Uh, Travis Shaw. I mean, I've seen him in games, seeing his film, you know, I love big dominating defense alignment. I think the best thing to see is just, just huge, you know, like, like Jordan Davis, this huge defense lineman just running down a quarterback. And basically the quarterback, you know, running for his life is one of my favorite things to see in football. Uh, number two, George Petaway. I'm the type, I like electric running backs. And, um, you know, I think he's a guy who can make a lot of things happen in the open field, can do a lot of different things with him. And number one, and this is not just because Andre Green Sr. listens to our podcast, but Andre Green, he's mm. another guy. You know, throw him on the film is a joy to watch. And I think that that, that highlight film mentality or, or playmaking ability, I should say, is going to translate on uh, for North Carolina and will fit beautifully within its offense. Okay, great. Good list there. Go through them again. Go through your list again. Oh, so number one, Andre Green. Number two, George Petaway. Number three, Travis Shaw. Number four, Malachi Hamrick. And number five, Marcus Allen. Oh, Marcus Allen. Okay, cool. All right, I'm mine's, mine's purely, you know, front runner, top guys in the class. 
Number five, Zach Rice. You know, I really hope he hits. I hope he's successful at left tackle for UNC. Uh, just a big recruiting win for UNC. Number four, Myron Hampton, power back, in-state guy. Good recruiting win to, to, to get him. Um, I think he'd have a good uh, college career. George Petaway, another running back. You know, like everyone's talked about, an electric guy. Love talking with him. Uh, catch the ball in the backfield. Big play potential. Uh, you know, having a strong running game is key for success in college. Andre Green, number two. Same thing. I think he'd have an early impact. Dynamic wide receiver. Game-breaking speed. Uh, you could do everything at the wide receiver position. And no surprise here, number one. Number one in my top five from Grimsley High School in Greensboro, North Carolina. Followed his recruitment for like three years. Watched him play basketball. Six foot five, 330 plus. Travis Shaw. Uh, I just hope he's a, a stud in college. Has all the, all the skills, all the physical traits. Um, and I hope everything comes together for him. He can have a, a big time career and be a, you know, a big time NFL player from UNC. All right. Love the list. Okay, good stuff. About the, about the, um, the live show. That's oh, right. Okay. All right. We want to thank our sponsors, Johnny T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps the Inside Carolina podcast. We appreciate you listening to this special 2022 National Signing Day preview podcast. Remember, on Wednesday, we are doing a live stream. It's myself, Don, and John Bowman, live from the Man Tower at Don's house. We'll be talking this class, a lot of the same stuff, uh, but a lot more freedom and a lot more... Uh, <laughs> time to talk so we'll surely get off topic we'll do a lot of team stuff too and we'll talk yeah. transfers we'll talk unc uh coaching unc football and of course the 2022 signing class that is wednesday at 6 45 on inside carolina's youtube page but certainly check out inside carolina all of it will be there anything else don you good i'm good i'm hungry okay let's get out of here guys we appreciate you listening okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.